you are innately intuitive. So you already are receiving a lot of intuitive messages all the time. Welcome to Hearts Speak Podcast, conversations and recorded experiences on reclaiming our roots, connecting to our visions, and trusting our heart path. I'm your host, Megan, and I am here to share stories of healing, creativity, revival, and resilience for a time here on earth right now, a time in which I feel we are in the midst of a profound cultural transformation. The hearth as a source of warmth is traditionally the central community gathering space where storytelling takes place. Our stories are sacred, and the stories we tell ourselves and others have the potential to shape and inform how we show up for this larger story. Thank you for being here and taking the time to listen. So taking a deep breath in and recognizing this this breath going through your body. And as you're recognizing the breath going through your body, you're also recognizing your energy body around you. And how is it moving? Is there pieces that have holes in it? Are there pieces that feel like they're detaching from you? So calling in your energy body to fully wrap around you. And feeling this energy circle you. Notice its appearance. Maybe it has a certain color to it. Imagining that it becomes this sort of egg around you. calling all of your energy to you. And if you see any places that it needs repairs, imagining yourself repairing that hole or that place that looks a little tattered, smoothing out your energy. And as this energy smooths out around you, take another deep breath in, feeling into your body, feeling into your hands, feeling into your feet, feeling into your heart space, feeling this energy run through you. And when you feel ready, You offer this energy down into the ground, connecting your energy with the energy of the earth, imagining your energetic roots going deeper and deeper into the earth. And when they feel like they have come to the center Imagining that any energy that does not serve you for the highest good any longer, that is ready to be released, is now released through these roots. Any old energies hanging on, 
any energies that need to be transmuted and composted. Imagining these energies being released down deep into the earth. And with this release, you breathe. Breathe in and letting it go, breathe out. And then imagining these energetic roots wrapping around the middle of the earth and coming back up. And as these energetic roots come back up, they connect with the roots of the trees roots of the plants and the mycelium within the earth, touching the minerals in the soil and any of the creatures that are within the earth. Imagining these energetic roots, lighting up the energetic roots of these other beings. And as this energetic root of yours comes back up to you, You'll feel it entering back into your root chakra, connecting you. And then it moves up into the sacral chakra. And up into the solar plexus. And up into the heart chakra. and up into the throat chakra, feeling this energy, creating a cord within you. And up from the throat chakra to the third eye. And from the third eye up into the crown chakra. And then this cord connecting you with your true spirit Connecting in so you are perfectly aligned. And then up from there, up connecting to the greater spirit where we are all connected. Feeling into this connective energy of light and love. And then feel this energy encircle you. and feel this energy of love and light then come back down into you through your true spirit, through your crown chakra, down through your third eye, down through your throat, down into your heart, down into the solar plexus, down into the sacral chakra, through your root chakra, and connecting down into the earth. And now you may notice within your body, feeling these two energetic cords, one coming up from the earth, connecting to the skies, and the one coming from the skies, connecting down to the earth. this two-way core system within you.
feeling fully grounded and connected. You take a deep breath in and offer your gratitude for being here at this time. Okay. Thank you for that beautiful grounding. So this has become a, a daily practice of mine is doing uh this type of meditation and mm. it's been really helpful yeah my yeah I think it's absolutely important right now even just a way to start the day and get centered grounded in your body during these times of chaos so thank you Sacha and for us who are listening here today, I'm here with Sasha Louise. And Sasha is a trained herbalist who found her sacred path by realizing the magical synchronicities that happened between her and the other than human world. Through the years, she has developed her skills as an intuitive, connecting with trees, plants, fungi, animals, elementals, and the unseen. She is primarily a teacher and guide to empower others with tools to connect with their own sacred inner guidance and healing. You may find her blog and vlog called Earth Messages at barerootawakenings.com. And Sacha, I'm just so, so thrilled to be here with you today and sharing in this conversation. I would love if you could start off by just sharing more about who you are and a little bit more about your name as well and where that comes from. Well, thank you, Megan. I'm so happy to be here today um, and sharing in this beautiful conversation with you. And there are so many stories that have been intertwined in my life that just continue to make sense the older I get. And um, it's really beautiful to look back and see that those really hard times um, have offered such great um, support to who I am now and strength. And my story, I feel, always begins with my childhood land that I lived upon. Um, we inherited it from our great-grandmother, and great-grandfather who originally came from New York. They actually worked at the Botanical Gardens in New York. Um, my great-grandfather, I know he did a lot of painting and my great-grandmother, um, she, I like to believe she helped tend, tend the gardens. Um, and before that, they actually came on ships from Northern Germany. Um, and they ended up getting married in the States in New York. And then they had my grandfather 
And he ended up moving to Iowa and went to college there where he met my grandmother. And she was also going to college and they both became teachers and they ended up moving then to the Twin Cities and became teachers there. And my great grandparents would come and visit them in Minnesota and they realized a, a little bit like how inexpensive it was um, to, to be with the land or to buy some land. And so they ended up eventually buying the land in Burnsville, Minnesota. Um, and I faintly recall my mother saying that my great grandmother said never to let anything happen to that land. Um, and so that's become a part of my story. Um, and when my great grandmother passed away, then we ended up inheriting the land and actually moved to that land the day after I was born, my parents moved in. Mm -hmm. And they also ended up in this hundred year old house that they like were fixing up. And it's very similar to my story today, um, where we're at. And so this all comes together. Whereas when I was about six years old, the land that we lived on, it was about six acres. Um, and I played on, it ended up being sold to developers, um, my parents were kind of moved out by the, the city. They wanted to expand the road that they were on. And my parents had to pay like $50,000 to like help pay for those road improvements. Um, so my parents like didn't have that money. And so they ended up selling it to developers. And so when I was a small child, I saw my entire forest and all the beings that lived there like completely destroyed and like taken down by bulldozers and it was a, a, I think, very impactful time where I feel like after that in my life, when I was six, I seemed to just shut down. And I felt really shut down until getting to college. And it was in college where I felt like these little sparks in me that was really connected with nature as a child started waking up again. And... Um, so I became very interested in Ecuador at this time. Um, I took a class with a, a really amazing professor of mine named Linda D'Amico, and she did a lot of work in Ecuador and lived there a lot and helped with the, the women a lot down in Ecuador. And she just taught us a lot about the destruction that was happening in Ecuador, including like the the oil drilling and the deforestation and the, the economic disparities and um, what was happening to the coastal lines. Um, is so much environmental degradation that it, I just felt something within me that was so connected with what I experienced as a child that I um, kind of became obsessed with how do I get there and what can I do to help? And so I did finally figure out a way to get to Ecuador and do a study abroad program there. And half of it was in the city of Quito and the other half was um, living with this family in like the border of the Amazon and Archidona. And it was there um, in Archidona, it was 
sorry. Uh, um, this was when my grandmother died as well. So this is kind of like coming up and it's, it's always hard to think about. So that was 10 years of, as of like this, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was the one I was really close with growing up who also was a plant lady and she actually died when I was down there and it was right before we were about to make the shift from doing the studies in Quito, the main city into our like internships. Mm-hmm. Um, so she passed away and I came back to Minnesota and then back into the Amazon and I was with the family there and they were Quechua and they taught me a little bit of Quechua and they actually also started teaching me about the medicinal plants there. Mm-hmm. And this, this was a big shift for me, um, seeing the plants and being with the plants and like recognizing that they are used for medicine or like can be worked with in a way of having a relationship that they um, can help us in our own healing process. Um, so when I went down there, I thought I was going to be like protesting and doing something big to help with the shift of like what is happening with worldwide and humanity. And when I came back years later, I figured out like that my, my purpose, my role sort of was to work with the plants and in working with the plants, um, more people working with like wild plants and working with them in their own like relationship and healing process would in a way like um, energetically shift us that we would be more aware of the other than human worlds around us, um, that we would honor the plants and the trees a lot more um, by taking these plant medicines, um, even if it is in like a, a pill form, form that you take from, from the store, you know, it still has those biochemicals that are, that are in the, in the, the pill that I th- just completely changes your, your body chemistry. And I think just helps you waken up <laughs> a little bit to be like, Oh, what is my place on this earth and how can I start like being a better human in connection with the, the world around me? And I think those, those shifts are subtle at first. Um, but I think that they are also like rapidly changing and maybe someone even takes some dandelion that they bought from the store, but then they realize that dandelions are amazing medicine. And then they start like caring for them in their yard and like thanking them for helping them, you know, instead of wanting to eradicate them and spraying their yards, you know, just these tiny little shifts that I think add to the, like the greater, the greater shifts in the world to help um, foster our relationship with how we treat um, the earth that, that we live upon, that gives us everything. And it's just, it fascinates me that we could be so destructive to her. Um, so this is sort of where my name comes from. Um, Sacha was a name um, from this, from the Quechua, the beautiful people that I stayed with and that like helped awaken me into realizing my role in this world and Sacha actually means forest 
Um, and my given name is Sarah. And so many times I've been asked, like, what can we call you something else? Because too many workplaces where there was four other Sarahs or <laughs> mm-hmm. so I finally I felt like just surrendered and was like, OK. And this this name just kept coming up t- to me. Um, so Sacha and then Louise is my given middle name and it's from my um, paternal great grandmother, my, my my grandmother that passed away, her mother, and it means warrior. And so the name Sacha Louise to me means forest warrior. So whatever I can do on this earth at this time to help um, protect the forest and, and, and the earth that we live upon is, is really a part of my template and the way that I live my life and that I direct the way forward (laughs) that I go. And I know I'm not perfect. You know, I still have the car and we use minimal electricity. Um, and there, there are ways that we can of course do better, but there are ways that I have drastically shifted my life so I can live in better relationship um, with the earth and take the steps that I feel called to take at this time um, to really live up to this name as um, the forest warrior, such a Louise. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I personally have heard pieces of that, but have not heard it in such depth and understanding. And when you spoke your name aloud, when you said Sasha Louise, I felt chills through my whole body. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so, it, having that context of your childhood and what you went through and your meandering path to where you are now and just, the forest, the plants, the connections that you've had, the experiences that have shaped this journey have really, it is, you are a forest warrior, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that calling, you know, that gift was given to you at this young age to live into and to carry out for the people around you. And I just think that is an incredible reminder for people to just tap into those um, inner experiences and especially with childhood and and remembering where we come from and remembering the stories that have led us to where we are and I just really appreciate hearing that and the question that you posed uh, what is my place on this earth and I think that finding that finding that purpose can really help create this experience for ourselves to really go out there and live our true names out, live our spirits out to their fullest potential. And I see you doing that. Um, I really do. And it's inspirational to a lot of other people. And I want to hear Also, if you don't mind sharing where you are right now and your vision for that space and and how you got there, anything you want to share about synchronicities as well, I think that's a big word for you. (laughs) 
on your belly. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big word. Um, okay. This, this is also a very intertwining mm-hmm. story <laughs> that is full of magic. And I just, I can't believe um, where we are today. Um, where I'm at right now is in Kentucky, um, outside of Berea, um, in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. And it is quite ironic because we ended up paying 50 grand for this, 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 this parcel that we're on. Um, it's 35 acres here. And so I feel like that synchronicity was just like, okay, here you go. Um, but also, um, it took us some time to get here and to find this place and to really tap in and listen to where we were being called to go. And, um, my fiance, Phil, um, who is an incredibly amazing man and so supportive. And we, he's also an astrologer. So he is of the sky and I'm of the earth sort of where <laughs> as above, so below. So we just kind of fit together so well in a puzzle piece. Um, we actually met in Minneapolis at the medicine tree um, where I was working as an herbalist there. Um, he walked in and, and it, it was beautiful history. Um, anyway, we were living in Minneapolis and we felt like it was time to go, um, to sort of live out our dreams, to live closer with the land and do our land projects and plant trees and do all these things we wanted to do that we really didn't have space for in the city of where we were living. Um, so, um, one of the beautiful stories, um, that really like, signified a point in my life where I could really trust my own work and meditation and journeying and doing this otherworldly like connection work um was that I I went into meditation and my great-grandmother appeared um the one that that owned the land that we ended up inheriting as a as a child um which I also want to acknowledge, like that was inherited from so many other, you know, people and in, in our long history of a, of a nation. Um, and before that, um, and I think it's our responsibility when we do inherit the land to take a really good care of it. Um, but anyway, so she, she appeared and she said that it was time for her to um, give back my childhood self that she has been protecting her this whole time. And so I just sort of followed her in the, in the journey in the meditation. And all of a sudden we were behind this waterfall and there appears like my childhood self. And like, she jumps into my arms and we jump through the waterfall. And then my great grandmother takes us to Minneapolis and like, we become eagles and we, we um, meet with Phil there, like in this imaginal realm. And like both of our childhood selves are like playing together. And then she, we both end up like flying Southeast together. And then I was like, wait, I have to go back and like thank my, gra- my great grandmother. And so I do. And she was like, um, it's time for you to go back to the land. And there's a, an older man that's waiting for you. And he like you will receive the land from him and like look for the five petaled flower and 
and you'll you'll know like when it is time and everything. So um, coming out of this meditation and we were actually looking to move to South Carolina or Virginia and then Phil is doing a lot of research on like how to build our own natural home out of natural materials. And he finds this podcast that led us to these people um, that actually lived in Kentucky. And when we were looking in that area, we found this waterfall called England Falls that looked just like the one that was in the, the vision that I had. Mm-hmm. And so we actually live right down the street from that waterfall now. And there was an older man that gave us this land or that, that we bought the land from. So it was, that was a really magical part um, of the story. So I guess we, we did come here um, through the website. There's a website called Push. Um, and so it was like this exchange of um, instead of woofing, working with the gardens, it's like working on natural building with these people, with people. So, so we found them on the internet and then we ended up like, closing down everything in Minneapolis where we were living and we moved here and we ended up living on their land. We bought a, a trailer and lived on their land for about 16 months, actually, um, um, completely off grid and really got to know this valley that we live in and got to know the people. And it was like 300 yards from where we ended up living forever, <laughs> finding our forever land. So I I really loved like the practical sense that Phil, you know, could could bring into us coming here and then and then this sort of magical sense of like just being aware and like the visioning sense, um, both of them working really well together. Um and we knew this this land was that there was an older man living here and we waited and waited and like consulted tarot and astrology and the I Ching and all these like like spirit-led mechanisms um to know when it was the right time to like call in about this land and and the time came and we made the call and it wasn't they were just about to put it on on the market so I just really want to stress like how how magical and how important and how beautiful it is to use these spiritual tools that we all are given innate rights to <laughs> working with um, as well as the practical sense and um, and being in communion with with the spiritual side as well as the the material side here um, has been a a really important like embodiment of our life here in Kentucky. And there's, there's other beautiful stories that could be intertwined, but that feels complete for now. Mm. Yes. Thank you for letting me share that story. I just feel so thankful and full of praise of being here. And thank the the spirits and like really the ancestors that I really felt like helped guide us here was just really incredible. So I really want to thank them for um, being with us on our journey mm-hmm. to get home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it's just also important to note how, how special it truly is to have people who have such deep intuitive connection and are able to trust those inner knowings and pay attention and let themselves be guided by, as you said, both magical yet practical ways of getting to where you are. And I think it is such a co-created result, isn't it? You know, to, you're still engaged in your present, but you're so available to also be a part of making that happen Mm -hmm. and I think that's another important piece to to touch on with people that might be listening who are just wondering you know how do I tap into my intuition to my inner magic and my knowing I'm feeling confused or lost or just lacking maybe in this spiritual sense and I'm wondering if you have any guidance and just how to get started with that and how to start listening to these messages more deeply oh what a beautiful question like I feel grief um coming up from this question actually because I feel like this was torn out of all of us like Um, to not trust the intuition and to not work with spirit in this way and not to work with the ancestors in this way. Um, It makes me so sad. Like it feels so sad right now. Um, um, I think a really powerful way to begin is to sit with that grief, is to sit with your emotions that are really difficult to to deal with. Um, And I think this grieving piece is is the first piece, a really important piece. Um, You had Shante on your your first podcast that you released. Mm -hmm. And I was in a grieving circle with her we, we were all together. Um, and the grief that came up for me at that circle, this was a couple years ago, um, really was, was this land piece, um, from when I was a child. Um, but I think that this, this grief that we hold within us, um, about this disconnection is, is a really strong piece that needs to be released, um, for us to feel clear and to feel clarity within us to connect again to what, what like your intuitive self is trying to bring to the table. Um, and I believe that these really hard feelings to sit with is like the first feelings that need to be like worked through in some ways, um, before the, the essence of the, the magic can kind of come through like the, the clarity, the clarity, like when there's all this buildup within us from like, not only us, but like maybe our grandparents and our ancestors that we've just been carrying through with us um, through the ages, because 
our intuitions and on working with spirit and the ancestors and the land beings like hasn't been acknowledged and hasn't been expressed um, to work through this grief of that is a really beautiful place to begin. And I highly suggest to either do this with being in, in nature, like being with Oak, like a, a message um, that I released a couple of weeks ago um, to maybe sit with like a favorite tree or a favorite place that you feel really safe, like make sure that you feel so safe or call in like someone like Shante or someone that leads grief circles um, that can hold a very safe container for you to release this grief. Because if you don't feel safe, like it won't be released and it won't, it won't go well and it won't go smoothly. And so doing this, this piece of the work feels, um, the most vital, um, to go through that cleansing before you get to the next stage of maybe more grounding work, you know, and doing the intuition and granted, like you are innately intuitive. So you already are receiving a lot of intuitive messages all the time and maybe seeing, you know, animals that come up and they want to offer a message. And sometimes they're just doing their animal thing <laughs> um, or plants that are coming into your life that are really vital for you at this time um, to be worked with. So that can definitely be happening. Um, but to gain like a, a more clarity in, in really pursuing this work or in pursuing your intuitive self, I believe that the grief piece is really important to address. Yeah, thank you. I think that can be a very hard thing for a lot of us. And as you said, to just sit with those feelings, um, to just be in that pain. Mm -hmm. There is so much in that to be discovered there you know there are the clues the keys that lie within our grief because mm. um, they come from such a deep place our, in our own space too it's it's personal unique to us mm -hmm. and that's why I think what what you're saying is so profound because it's your grief you know nobody else has what you have what you've gone through it's your own unique story and so sitting with that and feeling that is just a really great way I think like you said to start that experience and and just noticing observing what's around you with the plants with the animals with with nature what's something you can tangibly see in front of your face or feel with your fingertips or breathe or whatever it might be whatever sense is most in tune do you have any I'm curious now do you have any insights about like developing senses or knowing if you have a stronger sense versus another I know some people are just highly you know like feeling like highly sentient or cognizant or do you work with senses at all just out of curiosity oh yes mm -hmm. um I've noticed just a little bit like where we're more sensitive like 
I have really sensitive eyes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I go into journeys or meditation, I feel like I can see pretty well. Um, Phil has really sensitive ears, um, my fiance, and he has actually found that when he does um, um, listens to a cer- certain frequency, I forget the one he's been listening to a lot, but it's um, connected with the earth frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, when he listens to this, he is able to enter into that that other space and connect really well intuitively. Um, but I've also noticed like myself being able to feel things, um, like emotions or even, or even people's pains. Um, that, that will also come up, um, when I'm with other people, um, or even animals. So, I feel like these senses is where like, okay, there's these little doors or windows that you can access to feel into being more sensitive. Um, I think it comes down to sensitivities. Um, what, where in your body are you most sensitive? Maybe someone touches you and it's like, it's really um, aggravating because maybe you're so sensitive and maybe you're like receiving everything from them <laughs> in some way um, when you're touched. So just kind of noticing which part of your body feels the most sensitive um, and, and your sense of smell. Maybe it's really hard for you to be around really potent smells. Um, so I feel like that's a really good way to start navigating which um, sensory perception has your like greatest big door <laughs> that you can walk through and access these these abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also like some people receive things best through dancing or like find it running, you know, finding the different like way of getting into this meditation that you'll really be able to to have the the clearest access to your own personal seeing and knowing um, and intuition. Does that sum up a little bit? Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. I feel like there's, yeah, there's a whole world there. (laughs) I know. know. It was just something that was coming very clearly into my mind and I wanted to voice it. Um, Yeah, some passing thoughts on that. And just a way to really understand yourself and your own way of relating to the world around you. Um, yeah, like you said, it's your, it's your doorway into other worlds, into other understandings. And I'm curious too about, so plants. Um, I've, my work with you and when I've been in your presence, I've, been there for your plant spirit meditations that Mm. you held at the medicine tree and the journeying that happens with that and I'm wondering and hoping if you would share more about how that began and what insights have come out of those meditations and any anything you would like to share regarding that 
Oh, I love this topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you... Um, this all started... I did take um, Lise Wolf's herbal course. That was really wonderful. And what I really admired was before she told us anything about the plant, she would have us be with the plant and just look at the doctrine of signatures, which is um, a term meaning that the plant will look like a certain characteristic that it can offer itself as a, as a healing mechanism. So like Creeping Charlie, for instance, it's it sort of like reminds me of an ear. It like has that deep canal, the, the flower. And this helps a lot with like tinnitus um, sorry, the ringing of the ears are like in ear issues. Um, a tomato, you know, cut it open and it looks like heart, a heart. And it's, it's really helpful for like um, a heart situation. And this was when I took her course in 2000, what is it? 2015. Um, five years before that, I was in Ecuador learning about the plants. And they were telling me about that the teacher that I worked with there, he was telling me about how um, the plants look like, how they can help you. So there was this plant that had beautiful, like beautiful green leaves on top. But when you flip the leaf over, it had like this tip of all just red. And this was um, used mostly with menstrual issues and working with women. And then there is another tree that, seriously, I have a really amazing picture of it. it like, at the trunk, at the bottom of the trunk, it seriously looks like penises coming out of the trunk. And they use this as a form of like um, Viagra, I guess we could, <laughs> everyone is familiar with that. So, so it was interesting that this concept was, that came at me in two different directions in two different, very, very different ways, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was really curious to do more work with this, um, and I think I also was very influenced by Elliot Cohen and Pam Montgomery. Um, but then my our, our mutual friend, Anna Wines, um, and I decided to hold like a, maybe a monthly gathering around the moon. And we would also be with a certain plant. Um, so I think we started with Rose. And she, she originally led us into like a short meditation. And then we, we would all just like look at the plant in a more of like a analytical way, like the doctrine of signatures way. So this is how we started the meditations. It was just like the, the looking, the, the seeing, the tasting, like the energetics of, of the plant. So we would all come together in this way around the plant and take in what we were receiving and gradually as we continue to hold the plant meditations, they were becoming more of a like intuitive spiritual messages coming through or like, like how the plants can help on like an uh, uh, emotional level or spiritual level and like in these different ways. And so gradually it just sort of formed into uh, let's, let's do the, 
the physical awareness of the plant. Let's be with the plant in that way and looking at the plant, but then let's also take it to another level and let's see if we can meet with the actual spirit of the plant and like meet with the energetic like being of the plant and what does this hold for us and can we feel this within our bodies or like see something or like visualize something and um it was really astounding of how every gathering we would all receive some type of medicine that we needed at that time like something we needed to hear or um we would also receive like similar um similar themes would would consistently happen and it reminds me of you Megan I think we were with the Bodhi tree and I think it was maybe you and Paige I, I'm not sure who else who the other person was but you both saw like Bodhi just dancing mm-hmm. and it was this really really beautiful experience um and the Bodhi the Bodhi tree of course looks the leaves look like a giant heart and so it's, it's just such great heart medicine to be with the Bodhi tree and um so it was it's it's just sort of organically began happening in that way um and what I've very much taken out of it is the the understanding of how we can really be with a another other than human being and how much like essence that they hold within them um that we can also be tapping into to like connect our our energies and like be together in this this other way that doesn't have to have this like we put so much emphasis on um verbal communication um in our society today but this like steps steps away from that and um it really has helped me develop my intuitive skills by using this other form of almost telepathy with with the trees or plants um and noticing that we all have a certain energy that we offer off up and like what if we connect these energy pieces together and what can we receive from each other and like give to each other in this way and I really feel like the plants and the the trees like in the fungi like they're just like like naturally I've come to see that we all used to be in this type of communication all the time or at least like in a type of acknowledgement um and that we've become so disconnected from this even acknowledging them of like who is this tree in your front yard or you know um that they've even become really sad and they're yearning for us to like come back to them and create this connection again, um, this form of communication again, um, this sort of like intertwining our beautiful rhythms together again and dancing together again. And they really miss that, like that human contact The animals and the trees when they wanting to reach out to us and communicate, but, our hearts, I believe, like deep down, are also yearning for that connection again and to remember that connection again. And all it is is a remembering. And once we can begin remembering 
how to connect, it becomes easier and easier to do so. And I think the form of connecting looks very different for everyone. Um, just the way, the same way that we, we speak different languages. Um, so there, there are different ways to connect and it doesn't look the same for everyone. But I know that there's this mutual <laughs> between the plants and humans that they want to come back together again, like deep down in our spirits and hearts. So there's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what other offerings are you currently sharing? Um, and how can people find you, connect with you, be in your presence? So um Right now, I do offer on YouTube and on my blog, I channel or communicate, uh, connect with a different plant or tree or animal um, every week, so every Wednesday, um, and then I post their messages on, on YouTube or on my blog website, um, and those have been just a really magical, fun um, journey that they've come through and evolve to what they are today. And I just wanted to express um, how all this channeling, when I first realized it, it could happen, um, was, and it relates to kind of the situation going on today, um, is that I was going through Colorado and over a river, and I just noticed that, like, a lot of the water in Colorado was drying up in the creek beds and I was getting really sad about this. And so I was writing about it in my journal and then all of a sudden my handwriting changed and it was like this message was coming through saying that the creek beds, like the water wasn't drying up. They were just going like back to their natural flow mm. of being and that they were breaking through the dams, you know, by going underground or like, you know, changing their natural, going back to their natural flow that way. And that humans also are going through a similar shift where we're also being guided to go back to our own personal natural flow that is outside of the system and that we might have to go underground to do this, you know, like beyond below the system, um, but that we are coming to um, back into our natural way of being that is outside of the system. And I I think you can sort of see what's going on right now in the world of people not being able to rely on worldwide um, transport of goods and having to maybe come back into like our, our immediate localities for our basic needs. Um, if, you know, this might be the direction, this is maybe how it's all sort of coming together. Um, so I just wanted to share that yeah. feed, um, to begin with how like the channeling sort of began, um, and to like maybe bring in a little bit of ease of what's going on today and that the, the more we come into our local communities and working together, I think this will really like help us get through everything that's happening. Um, and we'll be so much stronger and supported through it. So grow the food <laughs> or be with the local medicines, what's in your yard, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so other offerings, 
I'm beginning a course um, for next year that starts March 13th, 2021. Mm. Um, and this will be uh, here at Plantasia where we live and it will be to help um, boost up our own intuitive abilities in doing this, your own personal work. Um, and so each month this year, I'll be kind of just going through the year and seeing what's really like coming up that needs to be then taught um, next year in the course. And so starting with March next year, we'll be doing a lot of that grieving work that I mentioned and a lot of that cleansing. Um, and to also find clarity between what is your energy and what is someone else's energy, um, which I know every intuitive and sensitive person has to like be dealing with and has to acknowledge and go through. So mm -hmm. go through that process. Um, and then also I offer personal guidance. So this can come in the form of a reading, a personal reading. Um, this can happen online or in person, either way, um, you can reach out and receive a personal reading if you are feeling called to this. Um, and then also I really like to work with like a guided meditation in the reading and um, whatever is kind of being called out. Um, and also bringing in maybe what plants or animals seem to be like reaching out to you. Um, being able to sort of just offer also that like, that like turning on the light, like look over there, this, this plan is really trying to reach out to you. And maybe by working with it, you can start working through some of those deeper issues that have been going on um, within you, um, preventing your own way to move forward. So yeah, I think that sums it up. I'm excited about that course. That's news to me. <laughs> I'm very, very grateful that you were offering that work on your land and excited to see that how, how that unfolds. It sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. And all of the work that you share is so, I just highly recommend anyone listening connect with Sacha in some way. And if you want to learn about intuition, plants, magic, spiritual connection it keeps growing it's wonderful and I'm also curious if you have any you know you mentioned you know what's going on in the world today and I'm wondering if the plants or the animals or any other message that you've received regarding this right now has there been anything that's coming up that wants to be shared at this point I just feel it is just such a strong call to action. Um, sort of like I was saying to, to be depending on our own resources more, more locally again. Um, and once you start looking around, like we have on our land, like looking around, like there are an abundance of resources to be working with, um, to be building up the soils, um, you know, with all the leaves that have gifted themselves and we use firewood. So like just being amazed at how many trees are ready to like, will give themselves or like, um, 
mistakes that we find in the yard for kindling and um, the more we've been living with the land, just the more abundant I felt within myself. Um, I feel like it's a very scary time um, because our resources are not um, nearby us. And so what do you do? So I feel most strongly is, is figure out a way to plant some seeds. Mm -hmm. um, and also in planting some seeds, planting these seeds, you can also make the prayers um, for, for like a new vision of your own life. Um, my yeah. dogs are talking to each other. Yeah. Oh my God, he's been, he's been oh. I let him. Saying hello, the animals are communicating. The animals are sitting <laughs> He needs to be Yeah. Room, I think. Yeah. Brian, here we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry, he, he's been distracting me for a bit now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no. life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And is there anything else that's coming through right now that want, that's on your heart? Anything that we haven't mentioned that you feel called to share? I feel like this dark moment that we're all going through, like there will be little lights that will be turned on um, to help guide your way out of this, um, to help guide you into a stronger version of yourself, a stronger connected version of yourself, connecting, um, even if you can't physically connect with people to connect you know, over the internet. Um, I think this is like a, a really strong call right now to strengthen our, our connections around us and to like let go of everything that we're, we're having to do and our responsibilities, our so-called responsibilities, and to remember what is important to us. Mm -hmm. And in the remembering of what is important to us, then we are guided to be closer to that which is important, which is also to say our food and our water and the systems that are in place at this time to provide that for you. And what can you do to, um, to better those systems? You know, maybe it's coming together, you know, you are in the city and coming together with your neighborhood and being able to grow the food together and different people growing different foods and, um, maybe there's ways of capturing the rainwater and to really focusing on how can I better this system that sustains me? You know, who are those loved ones that you have around you? Like, who do you need to be around um, that really help uh, support you and that you support them? You know, what do you really want? I feel like this is a big time for so many people 
that maybe are feeling far off track to like refine their path and to like stop everything and really go within and, and feel out what is important to them and how to um, re-navigate their lives so they are closer to these, these um, important parts of what sustains them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it is, with all the scariness, it is a real opportunity for people to step out of the system that they have been living within and create their own systems and their own visions. Mm. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you for that message. I'm sure that whoever's listening will take something away from that. And thank you so much for being here today, Sacha, and spending this time with me and having this conversation. It's always it's a deep pleasure of mine. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Much, Megan. It's been such an honor to be here. And I, I have, I hold a lot of hope for us all and a lot of love. And I know you do too. And this is part of why you're doing this beautiful podcast. And I, I thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care.